0: Well, hello there. This is Henry Harris. Welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. This is Henry Harris. Today's topic is your teacher and your student. Okay, let us begin with a basic overview. We are looking at a beautiful and simple truth that your experience of life, your moment-to-moment psychological experience, is, is being deeply uh, shaped by a simple, single, simple source. Yes, there are events and circumstances of the lives that we're living. Yes, we are experiencing a world around us. But the feelings, the moods, the moment-to-moment experience of our lives is is very much shaped by a flow that's flowing through us. And it's not personal to us. We're not the authors of it in the same way that we're not the authors of the weather that's out there. And we need not take it personally, nor do we need to hold ourselves Uh, to account for how happy we feel in a given moment or how not happy we feel in a given moment because we're not actually the authors of those feelings. It's not to say that we don't have a role to play. We have a tremendous role to play, but it begins with a a clear, open-eyed assessment of what our role is. We are not the authors of the weather inside of our heads. We have weather and then we get to have this extraordinary, wondrous participation and role. And the role begins with the awareness that there's this powerful choice to acknowledge okay, what's true about life? What's what is true about this moment? I'm on the receiving end of a divine flow. Okay, now what's next? And generally speaking, there is wisdom and insight, and um uh and and so much um so much capacity to navigate that is present within us that to the degree that we kind of just stay in our lane we avoid getting out of our lane trying to fix and control and manage things to the degree that we 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 are interested in not going out of our lane not trying to lift and move the sun out of the way it's amazing the degree to which we are endowed with with simple wisdom to be able to make choices and move forward in our life um, I'm sharing with you a topic called, uh, your teacher and your child. I had a very, I had a wonderful experience uh, over the last number of months learning math with one of my daughters, it's a very special, very bright girl who would not describe math as her strength for whatever reason, just the way that the numbers work. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not an academic or an educator in a, a by profession or training, I thank God I have my experience working with people and working with my children. Um, so I don't know what it is. There's, I guess there's certain aptitudes. I guess that's the bottom line is that there's some people with a greater aptitude for math and some with less. She has less aptitude for math. On the other end, um, I'm not okay and neither is she okay with the idea of just not doing well. So on a regular basis, almost every night, we sit and we look at and we do the math work. Together and I try to help her. And the last time she took a test, uh, it was after weeks of our learning together 15 minutes a night, 20 minutes a night, doing problems, doing problems again, doing problems again. And uh, I was very excited because she had really pursued with a certain diligence and a certain like kept coming back and kept coming back. Um, I was very excited. And then in the end, her grade was, it was average to poor. And I was left with the realization, okay, what's the real success here? The success is the persistence that we've had and you're doing great. So now she, she's preparing for the next test. In fact, I believe that she's taken it already. And I don't know, neither does she, what the results are. But as she was, as we were getting closer to the the last couple nights of the, of the preparation She got frustrated. There was a point where she really just felt like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Why do I need to do this? And it was that moment where you can kind of sense like, okay, there's not, there's a, there's a mood here. There's not a tremendous openness to kind of hearing uh, a bigger picture, a future, uh, you know, there was like the, the mood dropped and I wasn't going to be able to kind of convince her. And so I, I, I stepped back and I said, You know, it is an option to stop. It is an option to stop. And she considered that. And then what happened was I said to her, Are you okay if you don't prepare more and you get a lesser grade on this test? And I meant it. I really meant it as a sincere question. And she stopped for a moment. It was very interesting to watch her. And she said, No. So I said, well, what would you like to do? And then she was really conflicted. She says, I don't know. So I said to her, is it true that part of you really does not want to do any more preparation and studying and a part of you would like to develop your skills even further? Is that true? And she looked at me and she said, yes, that's true. It was very interesting to watch the look on her face. Yes, that's true. Part of me wants to and a part of me does not want to. They're both accurate. And then I've talked about this idea with her and with my other children before, and I reiterated to her. I said, you know, I just want to remind you, you are like the mora and the Talmud. You're like the teacher and the student. You have a soul, an neshama, and you have a body. And that's normal. It's normal what you're feeling right now. And it's really appropriate to really acknowledge and, and care about this beautiful Talmidah who doesn't want to just sit in the classroom all day long and study. She also likes to hang out with friends and she also likes recess and she also likes snacks and she also likes whatever. But at the end of the day, that Talmidah also doesn't feel great when she just spends the day eating snacks and doing recess. Like she does feel a desire to accomplish. And she heard that. So, so we just started talking about the idea that she has, she's a Mora with who has wisdom Who's warm? Who's loving? And she's a Talmudah. Who's she's a student who is needs needs breaks and needs attention, needs guidance, needs understanding and love and acceptance. And so I I asked her. I said, "Well, what would you like to do? You know, why don't you want to have a? I I recommend you have a conversation." Let the Mora talk to the Talmud. What would you like? And she laughed because she's not so comfortable with the idea of having a conversation with herself. Um, but I'm looking to drip this idea and I'm seeing the value of it. I see really the beautiful of this this Musa concept that we are a neshama and we are a guf. We are like a beautiful, wise, loving teacher, rebbe person, as well as a somewhat immature, but beautiful uh, body student. And it's the case that the body desires guidance, the body desires to be connected to and a part of something meaningful and important, but it just needs love and acceptance along the way. It needs a real, real sensitive and appreciative loving acceptance of the limits of the body, And at the same time, an appreciation of the body's greatness, the body, how essential the body is to accomplishing the most awesome purpose that we are placed in this world for. Our soul cannot accomplish a thing without a body. I can't do the most minimal thing of value without an actual physical body. And simultaneously, my body can't really get where it wants to go without that love, without that encouragement, without that wisdom, without that guidance. It's just not capable of seeing past kind of what it feels comfortable doing in a given moment, even though it can. It can, and on a deeper level, it can, and it wants to be attached to the soul. It can, and it wants to assist the soul and thereby Be transformed in the process. It's a very exciting thing. There is a unity that resides within us and it behooves us to to acknowledge that unity. There's a unity, but by definition, a unity means a a, a unity of two disparate things. A harmony is achieved with disparate things working in unison toward a goal. The, The harmony of an orchestra is all kinds of different sounds, but being guided in the pursuit of a, of a single um, musical purpo- purpose. And without an appreciation for the parts, it's very difficult to have that unity. In the same way, there's such a precious um, power. It's really a precious power and pleasure to be able to acknowledge and value this relationship, how much the, there is within us this rebbe, this mora, this wise and loving teacher who really has the capacity to see and relate to and and respond appropriately to the needs of this child, student body. There, that wisdom is in there. Even if the body is incapable at the present moment at handling the task, that doesn't mean, therefore, that the soul has to be... Um, forgotten. On the contrary, the soul can say, you know what? I hear you. I see you. You need this right now. Let's give it to you and you should know, or let's give it to you X amount. That is a voice that you can find. Each and every one of us has a voice within us of the Rebbe, has a voice within us that uh, of the of the body. They can talk and that navigation is precious. Touch it, taste it, try it out. Give yourself a taste of what it means to listen to and ask, like, how are you doing? Ask the body? Well, I'm, I'm tired. I'm dissatisfied. I feel like a failure. I'm really excited. I don't know what the feelings are. And then tune in and 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 then listen to what the soul is interested in. I want, um, you know, I want, I want to accomplish. Let's talk about what it is and how, how we're going to go about doing it. And then the body will have a response. And ultimately, there's an authority there. You can own that authority with love and wisdom and creativity.